Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up. Hi, this is George Swift from Bigger, Brighter, Bolder, and welcome to the Leveling Up Podcast. The Leveling Up Podcast is here to give you the personal development, the entrepreneurial development, and the business growth that you, the ambitious business owner, desires. I'm here to give you the inspiration, the motivation, but above all else, as always, to challenge your aspirations to take you and your business to the next level. Don't forget, subscribe to this podcast and never miss an episode. And in today's episode, we are following up from Friday's episode, episode 226. And we're talking about how do you love yourself? How do you fall in love with yourself? How do you nurture, develop, create that love affair with yourself? On Friday, I simply sent you into the weekend saying love yourself and why that was so important. Today, I'm going to share with you maybe how you can do that, or at least maybe take your journey of self-discovery, a journey of finding that version of yourself that you can truly fall in love with. The reason we need to love ourselves is really simple. If we do not love the person that we spend every single moment with, how much of a fulfilled life can we truly have? You might have a family member that you don't particularly like or love, but you know, you don't have to spend that much time with them. You might not particularly like some of the people you have to work alongside or some of your clients that you work with. But guess what? You only have to spend an amount of time with them as well. Some people don't even really like their wives or their husbands that much. Well, that starts to become a major problem because, of course, we do spend a lot of time with those people. However, we still get an escape. We could be in the bath on our own. We can you know, go and lay in the garden on our own. We can take ourselves away. We could go on holiday, have a retreat, have a trip, have a weekend away. We can go out with friends. We can do things to separate ourselves from that relationship. The one relationship there is no getting away from, there is no escape from, is the most significant relationship in your life, which is the one with yourself. And the truth of the matter is, out of all the relationships that we have, we probably spend less time on that one than any of the others. You probably spend much more time thinking, how can I be a good mum? How can I be a good dad? Or how can I be a good husband or good wife or good boyfriend or good girlfriend? How can I be a good employer? If someone else employs you, how can I be a good employee? You're constantly thinking, how can you be better for other people? How can you enhance that relationship with other people for other people? But we go through life oblivious to the fact that we are sharing every waking, sleeping, minute, second, microsecond with ourselves. And we do have a relationship with ourselves. We do have this schizophrenic nature. I know that's not the right use of schizophrenic. We have this multiple personality disorder going on where we are separate people. We are ourselves, and we also have an awareness and a consciousness that sometimes is separated from ourselves. Does this make sense? So we look at ourselves and we dislike ourselves. We can't possibly look at ourselves and dislike ourselves unless there was a separation. There was two personalities in there. We can look at ourselves and we can be proud of ourselves. There has to be a separation. We can look at ourselves and we can disappoint ourselves. Again, there has to be that separation. So you are in this relationship with yourself. There are two of you in this relationship, you and yourself. And if you don't get on that well, if you don't like each other that much, if you don't love each other, 
How can you have a truly fulfilling life? In fact, many people, if they don't like themselves, they end up in a destructive cycle of trying to escape from themselves, whether that's through hedonism, whether that's through drink, drugs, partying, sex, watching TV, watching films, listening to music, exercise, anything that separates potentially them from themselves. Now, of course, you can partake in all those things and be completely at one with yourself and connected to yourself and in love with yourself. I'm just saying that actually you can get into quite a destructive cycle if you don't like your own company. If fundamentally you don't like who you are, if fundamentally you don't like to be by yourself with your own thoughts, with your own feelings, if you don't like being in that relationship or in the proximity of that relationship, you'll try and numb it with other things, potentially externally. So if you're someone that doesn't like their own company, someone that doesn't like to be by their self, and there's plenty of them out there, why is that? You see, I want to be around the people that I love the most, whether that's my partner, my children, my pets, my mum, my family, my friends. I want to be around the people that make me feel the best I can about myself. And I want to be around people that make me feel loved and who I want to love. And we're all attracted to that. And if you're repelled by your own company in some way, that's really telling in terms of the relationship that you have with yourself. And it does not have to be that way. In fact, it shouldn't be that way. You don't want it to be that way. It's not indulgent to like yourself or even love yourself. You absolutely can have a mad, deep, unconditional loving relationship with yourself and be a really well-functioning person. In fact, they go hand in hand. This is not about loving yourself in some vain way. It's not loving yourself in some arrogant way. Those things are typically the opposite to what they really are. People that profess to be, oh my gosh, I love myself so much, are normally the people that don't love themselves. It's like people walk around saying, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm so good looking. It's so hard being good looking. Those people, regardless of whether they are good looking or not good looking, they don't actually feel good looking because good looking people do not walk around saying that. Rich people do not walk around saying, I'm so rich, I'm so wealthy, my money is such a burden. Rich people don't talk like that. That's how poor people talk when they're trying to pretend to be rich or when they have some money, they might actually have what you and I might call rich, but they still don't truly own that richness. They don't really feel that way. Does that make sense? A beautiful person could be beautiful, but if they're out there professing how hard life is being so beautiful and oh my gosh, I guess some, you know, you're, you're protesting too much. You're professing too much. So actually we don't want to be out there. I love myself so much. I love my, it's not about that. I'm so amazing. I'm so amazing. It's not about that. This is that quiet relationship that you have with yourself. It's a quiet one that sits in the background. It's a, the most intimate of relationships that you have. And it's the one that you have when you're all on your own and there's no one else around you. It's just you and yourself. And it's how do you feel in that company? How at ease are you with that company? You want to be at your happiest when you're on your own. You want to feel your most comforted when you're on your own. Because when you have that in yourself, for yourself, you're able then to truly be that for other people as well. You cannot truly love anything if you do not love yourself. And I tell you now, you can never truly allow someone to love you unless you love yourself. So the question is, and the one I'm going to answer, how do you love yourself? If it's not a natural state for you right now, how do you love yourself? If for years and years, 
you've not liked yourself. Or for years and years, you've not even considered the relationship with yourself. Maybe for decades, you've hated yourself. But where did that start? Where did we start to fall out of love with ourselves? Was it because we thought we'd be egotistical or arrogant? Did we get distracted by life? Did we forget that there was two of us in here? We go through life unconsciously, criticizing ourselves, judging ourselves, slagging ourselves off, calling ourselves names. Maybe not everyone, maybe not you, but trust me, many, many people just like you, constantly berating themselves, looking in the mirror, picking out faults in how they look, picking out faults in how they perform, listening to their voice on the telephone. Most people didn't go, oh, I like my voice on the telephone. Most people instantly hate their own voice. A photograph of them, they hate themselves in the photograph. A video, they hate themselves in the video. I want you to think for a moment, the level of destruction that does to the human psyche. Imagine having a child that you had nothing but contempt for, and they knew it every minute of every day. Occasionally, you'd reward them with I don't know, loads of chocolate and ice cream and food and some alcohol when they got older. But most of the time, in between those rare occasions where you misplace the sharing of your love through negative acts, you have nothing but contempt and judge and criticism and they know it. You'd raise a very dysfunctional child. For many of us, that's the relationship we have with ourselves, with our own inner child. It's one where we are critical, judgmental, angry, hostile, negative towards them, prejudiced towards them. You know, you're always like this. I'm always stupid. I'm always an idiot. I'm always making a fool of myself. I'm always, I always look bad in X, Y, Z. I never do this. But right? pure prejudice about yourself. So I want you to, first of all, embrace the need to love yourself, the desire to love yourself, because the first step of loving yourself has to be a desire to do so. If you're not in love with yourself already, it's unlikely to happen by accident at the age of 40, 50, 60, 30, whatever it is you might be right now. The next thing you need to understand is this. You can never truly love someone unless you truly know that person. You can be infatuated by someone you don't know. You can desire someone you don't know that well. You can lust after someone you don't know that well. You might have an instant connection and maybe even like someone that you don't know that well. But unless you truly, truly know someone, you cannot truly love someone. And that immediate infatuation and desire and lust that you have with someone, a partner, an intimate partner at the beginning, it changes and the, the impulses change and the chemistry change and the emotions change. And what you thought of as love at the beginning, you start to realize was hedonistic chemical chaos going through your whole body. As you spend months, years, maybe even decades with someone, you start to really appreciate what true, genuine love feels like. You can love someone quickly, I'm not saying that. But true, deep, rooted love normally takes place over a long period of time. So we must first really know ourselves. If we don't know who we are, we cannot truly love who we are, what we are. We cannot truly love ourselves. So we have to go on this journey of self-discovery. And it's one that can be really uncomfortable. Personal development, a lot of what we do at success groups, whether they're businesses starting out or businesses growing to 100K or businesses that are doing multiple hundreds of K heading for that first million, 
We do spend a lot of time with them on personal development because you don't want to be the biggest limiting factor in your business. If we can clear the way so that you're a fully functioning human being, so that you can be a fully functioning business owner and entrepreneur, then you can go out and you can implement the strategies and you can implement the tactics and all of the day-to-day to-dos and not-to-dos that you need to in order to create a successful life and successful business. So you want to get into who you are first and foremost, know who you are, grow who you are, but going into that place can be scary. We hide ourselves from ourselves all the time. The reason we have to go to, whether it's hypnotherapists or we go to other therapists or we do coaching or go to seminars, workshops, read self-help books, the reason we need these external things to help us is because we often don't know the path into our own self. We don't know the root of how to uncover and discover who we are. So we need a book or we need a mentor or guide or some other form of external influence to help us take us on this journey, to see who we are. And often when we go on this journey of personal development, we don't necessarily like all that we see. So we live our life in this lie quite often. We live our life in this little veneer this pretend version of who we are, the version that we pretend to be for other people. But over time, it's also the version we convince ourselves that we are. We pretend to ourselves that we are. But secretly, we still know that we've got these flaws, these failings. We've got these things that we don't like about ourselves. And it comes up through our critical thinking, comes up through our self-judgment, our low self-esteem, our low self-confidence, the way we berate ourselves, put ourselves down. For some people, you can hear them doing it publicly. For other people, they put on a great face, but it's going on behind the scenes. They go home, they look at themselves in the mirror and hate on themselves. They go to bed, they get a moment's peace on themselves. They wake up, look in the mirror, hate on themselves again. Then put the veneer up and pretend to themselves and pretend to the world that everything's okay. Because to see the stuff we don't like about ourselves is really scary. To see that we might be the cause of our problems, to see that we might be the cause of other people's problems, to see that I'm unhappy with who I'm being. And it's this weird juxta thing going on because on the one hand, many people berate themselves, criticize themselves, hate on themselves. And yet on the other hand, they hide from themselves what they don't want to see about themselves. So we end up in a place where we're criticizing ourselves for everything, blaming ourselves maybe for everything, hating ourselves for everything, and yet equally not really seeing our true self. So when we go on this personal development journey, you have to know thyself. That means you have to see the good and you have to see the bad. You can't pretend the bad isn't there when you see the bad. If you see something you don't like about yourself, you can't pretend that you haven't seen it. That's not healthy. That's what people have been doing, you know, until the point of going into self-discovery, hiding from themselves. So stop hiding from yourself and dare to see yourself naked, bare in front of a mirror. See everything, your flaws, your cracks, your weaknesses, your vulnerabilities, And you'll go deeper and you'll see maybe things that you are ashamed of, your guilt. You'll see your past that hurt you. You'll see maybe people that hurt you. You might see where you hurt other people. You might have to go deeper and start to see how you need to take more responsibility for the harm you've done to your own life, for the harm you've done to your family, the harm you've done to the people you've had connections with. Then you go deeper still. And it's scary and it's hard because the deeper you go, the more you might find the secrets that you've been hiding from yourself. And these secrets might be things that in the short term make you feel very uncomfortable with yourself. 
A lot of people don't go that deep. A lot of people, they glance off the surface. They don't like what they see. They get confronted by what they see. They blame whatever it is that's taken them on that journey. That book shit, that coach is crap, that mentor knows nothing. They pull out hard and fast, go back to living their life in that little veneer, the lie that they have lived in for so long. Deluding themselves, hiding from themselves the fact that in this place I can at least pretend that I'm happy. In this place, at least I can function. At least I don't feel as bad as I did when I started to go on that journey. But for the really brave soul, they keep diving deeper. And I've said this for many, many years. Success Groups has always been about personal development. And in the early years, a lot of people saw us as a, a club for business owners that were broken. I cannot tell you the number of husbands that pointed what they believed was their broken wife at us. I cannot tell you how many of those people were sent our way. The husband, oh no, they're fine, they're sorted, they've got their shit together. My wife, however, she could definitely use some of that therapy stuff, some of that mindset stuff, some of that shit that you do. If you could fix her up for me, that would be great. And I'd say the same thing over and over again in so much marketing and videos at the time, and that is that personal development is not for the broken, it's not for the weak which is how so many people see it and how so many people saw it back then. Actually, personal development is for the strong, the courageous, and the brave. The people that are brave enough to stand in front of themselves, vulnerable, open, naked before themselves. Not physically, although that might be part of the process, but metaphorically naked in front of themselves, where they can see all the things that maybe they've been trying not to see, all the things they've been trying to cover up. I always remember Guat Kwan, and he was all about helping ladies that kind of hated on their bodies to feel fabulous again. And one of the things he would do is get them naked in front of a mirror to look at themselves and to look at their bodies. And many of these women had not looked at their bodies in years, maybe even decades. And rather than kind of just accepting what's there rather than embracing what's there by covering it up, not just to the world, but covering it up to themselves by not looking at it. They could somehow kind of pretend it wasn't there and could somehow pretend to function even though they had this self-hate, self-loathing for their own physical form. Well, of course, it doesn't take a genius to work out that whilst it might be very uncomfortable to look at yourself naked if you don't like yourself naked and to see all the things that you don't want to see, but it doesn't take a genius to work out that just by putting on a big baggy jumper or a big baggy dress and pretending it's not there is somehow going to cue you of how you feel about yourself. The fact that you're covering it up, you're so ashamed of yourself, means that you are perpetuating that contempt for yourself, that self-hate or self-loathing for yourself. This isn't about the physical form, although it could be part of your own journey. This is about the metaphorical version of that. Looking into yourself, into your soul, if you like, and daring to see all the things that you don't want to see, all the things that you wish weren't there, all the things that you're hiding from. But to ignore that they're there and to think by covering them up, you're somehow protecting yourself from them is delusional. You can see that. If I see my big fat ass, it doesn't make it any fatter than it was when I wasn't looking at it. But we don't like our attention drawn to these things. It makes us feel even more uncomfortable. But until we can truly look at ourselves, accept ourselves and love ourselves for what we are, 
actually, we're really unlikely to be able to create change in who we are. See, you can hate yourself onto a diet, but the chances are you're not going to hate yourself to getting slim. You can hate yourself down the gym. It will get you going, but you're unlikely to hate yourself into fitness. In other words, the self-loathing and self-hate that you might have around your physical form or any aspect of yourself or your psyche might be enough to kick you into doing something, but it's not going to be the energy or the fuel that's going to see it through to the very end. You treat the things you love the most with the most care. If you have contempt for an object or an item in your life, you disregard it. You misplace it. It gets beaten. It gets battered. If you love your car, you're out there taking care of it. It gets its services. You take it to the mechanic as soon as something's not quite right. You clean it. You use all the little polishes and all the little treatments to keep it in as best condition as you can. You hate your car, it's out the front of the house, growing moss and rusting. Your pet you love, it's not happy, you nurture it. You give it the best possible food you can. You exercise it, you water it. You look after its emotional needs. When it gets sick, you take it to the vet. For most pet owners, money's no object. If your pet is not well, not happy, not healthy, there's no money you wouldn't spend to solve that for them because you love them so much. Your children, there's nothing you wouldn't do to help your child, to look after your child, to nurture your child, to make your child happy. Why? Because you love your child so much. So if you hold yourself in contempt, if you criticize, if you hate yourself, you don't take care of yourself. You don't look after yourself. You don't nurture yourself. You don't give yourself the nice things. Imagine you had a child and one child you gave everything to. All the love, all the kisses, all the cuddles, all the toys, all the sweets. You looked after their welfare, their medical needs, their mental health care needs, their social needs. The other child you neglected. You didn't look after them. They didn't get the toys, the presents, the hugs and the kisses. You can see two children there growing up very different personalities. The relationship we have with ourself is normally one of neglect. And the reason we neglect it is because we don't love it. And the reason we mistreat it is because we don't love it. The more we love ourselves, the more we connect with the love of ourselves, the more we will take care of ourselves, the more we'll nurture ourselves, we'll treat ourselves, we'll protect ourselves. And then those acts will demonstrate and show us that we love ourselves. There'll be physical acts of self-love. The equivalent of hugging a child, kissing a child, cuddling a child, it's the same thing for ourselves. We want to continually be giving ourselves internal hugs, cuddles, and kisses for ourselves to demonstrate to ourselves that we love ourselves through acts of kindness to ourselves, through thoughts of love for ourselves. You don't have to sit there and say, I love you, I love you, I love you, but then think about how you might be with your kitten or your puppy how you might be with your partner, your spouse, how you might be with your kids. You probably do shower them with I love you, I love you, I love you throughout the day, throughout the week, maybe continually, just constantly showing and demonstrating you love them and then it creates this reassurance in the other person, a reassurance in the relationship between you and that other person and a reassurance in the other person, self-confidence, self-esteem. They'll grow up way better functioning whether it's a dog, a cat, a child, whether it's your wife or your husband, the relationship between the two of you would be better and they themselves will feel better. They'll be a better version of themselves because of your 
love for them and your demonstration of that love for them. But we don't do it for ourselves. So we have to continue this journey through that darkness. And here's the thing. If you're brave enough, if you're in the game long enough, you punch through the other side. You don't have to tackle every little thing on the way, by the way. You don't have to tackle every guilt and every flaw. You just have to keep going deeper and deeper into knowing who you are, deeper and deeper into the core of who you are. And when you come to the core of who you are, what you'll be greeted with is something that you cannot help but love. Because at the core of yourself, when we strip back all of the things that we've done, all the things that have happened to us, all of the negative thoughts we've had, all of the negative behaviors that maybe we've put out into the world in the past, how we've mistreated people, the things we've said that were wrong, the things we did that were wrong, the things that maybe other people did to us that damaged us in some way and kind of made us shield ourselves and protect ourselves and maybe behave not in the best possible ways. When we punch through all of that, what you're left with is a purity that you cannot help but love. It's the same purity that you'll see in your baby. It's the same purity that you'll see in your kitten or your puppy. It's the pureness of life, the pureness of a being, untarnished and unflawed, and just this incredible life that just craves love, deserves love and desires love. And you cannot help but love it. But you have to often go through this journey of truly knowing who you are. And to do that, it can be uncomfortable. But when you get to the other side, you're met with the true, pure sense of who you are. And when you connect with that, you will love yourself. The innocence of yourself, the vulnerability of yourself will cry out to be nurtured by yourself. And then that's not the be all and end all. That does is that gives you the energy, the fuel to heal so much of the stuff that you had to pass through on that journey. You can forgive your guilts and your wrongdoings. You can let go of your shame because you'll hold on to that energy of the purity, the pureness of who you really are. And that energy will fuel the healing of the other aspects, the things that you wish weren't there. It will give you the fuel to transform your life, to deserve the very best things from life, to deserve to have the best relationships, to be the best business owner, to have the nice things in life, the material success, to have the body you want, the health you want. You'll deserve it and you'll want to give it to yourself because you'll truly love yourself. And then when you heal all that and you continue to use that force and you exert that energy into the external world, you can only go on to create positive things. Because when you're there running pure positive energy, you can only have pure positive impact, which means you'll attract, you'll create pure positive reactions in the external world, results. So if you want to transform your life, you need to first maybe transform the relationship you have with yourself. Fall in love with yourself. See the pureness, the purity of yourself at the core of yourself. Use that energy to heal all those things that maybe stop you from truly loving yourself today. Heal those things. You might have to make some things right. It will give you the energy to go out and make right maybe what you've made wrong. Or to forgive yourself and let go of the things that maybe you've done wrong that are too late for you to put right, or that you don't possess the ability to be able to put right. You can forgive yourself and allow yourself to let those things go. Then you're free. And for many years, 
My business, Bigger Brighter Boulder, the tagline was set yourself free. We used to do big empowerment events, firewalk events. And the tagline was always set yourself free. And what we meant by setting yourself free was setting yourself free at such a deep fundamental level. It was setting yourself free to be fulfilled, to enjoy life, to be successful, to do what you want to do, to be who you want to be, to free yourself from your programming, the programming from your childhood, your parents, your family, your friends, your school, society, to free yourself from the manipulation of media, manipulation of other people external to you, the government, that would have you believe things about yourself and then to get you to take on those things for yourself so that you actually believe they're who you are and to truly set yourself free and find who you really are in this incredible puzzle of life that's made up from everyone's opinions and everyone's actions and all the lessons that you've learned and all the experiences that you've had and all of the exposure to the information that you've had throughout your life has created a version of you that we hold on to and we believe it's ourself, you believe it's yourself and then if you get fixed in that, you take on that identity and then you only get to live life from that identity and it's limited. That identity may not be allowed, able to have real success, may not be able to have a truly loving, deep relationship, may not be able to have the health, the fitness, the vitality, the body that they want. So to set yourself free is to free yourself from the identity that you have of yourself, to free yourself from the prison that you hold yourself in based on maybe your own guilts and shames or just negative impressions that other people have put upon you. The concept of what good is, wrong is, right is, what's too much, what's too little, what's greedy, what's gluttony, what's enough, what isn't enough, what's the right thing to do, what's the wrong thing to do, who's the right person to be, who's not the right person to be. And in that moment, the confused state of who we are, we live in this little veneer of a personality. The one where we portray ourselves to the external world, the one where we try and kid ourselves. Every now and again, we'll get a glimpse of ourselves. We don't like that. And we'll try and protect ourselves from it. And yet, true freedom comes from going through the shadows, going through the darkness of ourselves to accept those aspects of ourselves initially, to find this true source of who we are, to fall in love with that true source. It's impossible not to when you find it, to allow that energy to come through and re-heal and heal all of that darkness and all of those shadows and all of your demons, and then to go out and exert this in the world around you and create and manifest the most incredible life yourself, the most incredible business, the most incredible success, the most incredible impact that you can have in society and the world around you. That is... I wish for you this Christmas. That I wish for all of us this Christmas. If we could stop turning on ourselves, connect with ourselves, build that loving, nurturing relationship with ourselves, we would be better functioning, we'd be more fulfilled, we'd be able to give so much more of ourselves to the world. The world as a whole will be a much, much better place. Thanks for listening, as always. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to spend this half hour with me. I know there's a lot of people, things on your agenda vying for your time, vying for your attention. Therefore, as always, I'm really committed to giving you the best possible content I can to help you on this journey of life, this journey of entrepreneurism, so that we can create the success that you want and have the life and the experience of life that you want to have. It's all there for you. It's not easy. If it was easy, everyone would have it. It's a work in progress. I would argue it's a lifetime's work to truly 
go on this journey of personal development, but there's not another journey out there as rewarding as this one. If you are a ambitious business owner and you want to take yourself, your business to the next level, then don't forget at Success Groups, we have groups waiting for you right now. Whether you're just starting out in business and launching your business, whether you're building your business, in other words, going from 30, 40, 50K, you may be taking it to that first 100K and beyond, or if you've already achieved 100K in business or even multiple hundreds in turnover and you want to start building your business and scaling that business to a million pounds, then we have groups that are specifically designed with you in mind. They've got people in there, your peers, who are ambitious, they're supportive, they hold you accountable, they kick up the arse when you need it, they give you ideas and inspiration when you need it, they're there for your motivation. It's like having a whole team in your corner. But also, it's profound to be part of a group where you also feel that you're contributing to other people's success. So if you're a team player, you want to be successful, you want to contribute to other people's success, you can see that the journey of success is more than just tactics. You need to know what to do, when you need to do it, how to do it, but you also need to grow as a business owner, grow as a human being, that you need to continually level up yourself so that you can continue to level up your business. And if you want to go on that incredible journey of both personal development and business development and business growth, then we would love to see you in one of those groups. You can check us out at biggerbrighterbolder.co.uk. If you're ready for conversation and you want to talk to a real person, then please reach out to Tracy Miller, my partner in life and in business. Her email is tracy with an E dot Miller at biggerbrighterbolder.co.uk. I'll put those links in the description of this episode. You'll also find some links there for some other resources to help you on this ongoing journey of personal development and business growth. We would love to hear from you. Either way, I will see you here next time. As always, until then, be successful. Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up.